I wanted, I, again, I was going to make a joke, but then, man, COVID is just taking away all of the space for my good jokes, and I don't like yeah. it. Remember when we said earlier that your brain only has so much capacity? I think yes. we both hit our file. I, I think so, too. I thought you were going to say, remember when we were funny? I mean that, too, because I don't. I don't remember when we were funny. It's been so long. Ugh, jeez. I like to bitch, 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 itch. Sometimes these me off for no Bitch, 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 even though... Oh. Hi. Hi. Guys, welcome to You Say Bitch Like It's a Bad Thing. I realized recently we've been forgetting to say that in episodes. Oh. Which, it, I don't know if someone, like, ever accidentally clicks on a link and doesn't realize Oops. what they've started listening to, but... If you're one hey, of those people, Now welcome. you know where you are. You are um, here. <laughs> it's our 13th episode... And weird, I at least am stupid excited about it. Yeah, I am too. I'm very excited. And we're recording on Halloween, so like that all feels perfect. Yeah, we were going to dress up. We had a conversation uh, this morning about whether or not we were going to dress up, and I was like, eh, we've both we- had mornings, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we're just comfy cozy, and that's great. But yeah, although I am planning to dress up by myself later today and take pictures. So same, same. Speaking speaking of having mornings, uh, usually I read in the mornings, but I was not feeling it, and so I did uh, everyone's favorite thing: deep dives on YouTube. Oh yeah, what'd you find? Uh, I watched some great videos. Um, oh god, now I can't even remember what it's called. Let me look it up super quick. Go into my history. Middle ground. It's called middle ground, and they take two potentially opposing groups. They take three people from each one, and then they ask similar questions. Mm -hmm. And then um, if they agree, the people from each group come and sit down, and then they discuss it, and then they bring everyone in and they discuss it. So I watched... Uh, two main ones. One was feminists and non-feminists. Ooh. And then one was feminists and um, men's rights activists. And I oh. highly suggest watching both of them. They're so good. Um, the feminist versus non-feminist, it was a lot of what we talked about last week. They talked about most of the, most of the non-feminists don't disagree with the, like, general sense of feminism, but... They think it leaves out men's rights or men's issues. The uh, feminist versus men's rights was shocker and much more upsetting. One of the questions was, um, do you think men and women should be allies of each other or like for equality for each other? Mm -hmm. Everyone said yes. This guy said... I think men and women should be allies, but maybe us being allies in a patriarchy wouldn't be so bad. Direct quote. It gets worse. 
Uh, us going back to the past wouldn't be so bad. It would probably be a lot happier. And he basically said, like, if we were all getting married and staying married and having kids and going to church like we were before, we'd all be happier than we are now. Happier for who? Right? Exactly. I wouldn't be happy. I was like, I was like the reason people are getting divorced more now is because they're realizing they were getting trapped in unhappy relationships and people shouldn't be just forced to stay like that. Yeah. It's fucked up. And they, like, couldn't acknowledge that there were systematic biases against women. None of the men's rights uh, fellas believed in toxic masculinity. Shocking. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, but... So that was my fun morning. Building up some rage before we record? I... Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I always... You know, sometimes I'm just worried I'm not going to be mad enough, you know? Is my, oh. like, normal anger going to be enough for this platform? Didn't want to risk it, you know? And it's... it's Your your normal anger isn't going to be enough. Um, we're closing in on election day. Oh, my God. I know. So I feel like that alone should, should give us enough fuel uh, to get through a few I episodes. I am trying not to think about it, but... Ooh. Yeah. I can't tell if I'm more nervous for Tuesday or Wednesday because we're not going to know the results by Tuesday. So I think I'm going to be more anxious for what's to come on Wednesday. And then I just have no idea what to expect Wednesday. And I mean, if we're being realistic, we're not going to know on Wednesday either. No. I'm like already anxious thinking about it right now. I know. I've been, I had forgotten about it because I think I'm trying to like avoid it for now. Oh, sorry. Because I, it's... No, no, no! You're fine. You're. T- Let me. Just you're totally bring up fine. The, the the trauma and anxiety that you're trying so hard to suppress. No. Also, remember it's that totally one time fine. when you. Just kidding. Remember that the most embarrassing moment of your entire life. Yeah. As long as we're going to, we're taking a ride on the trauma train. Let's uh. Let's, let's take just a pit dive stop at- full on in. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I think it's one of those things where. I am aware I will probably be in emotional distress Tuesday and Wednesday. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm trying not to worry about it now because I know I can't do anything about it now. Mm-hmm. So. But it's, well, we have, it's fine. I just... Go ahead. I was going to say, we have, we have already done everything that we can do because we have both voted. Yes! Thank God. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that because... I was hoping. I, I was hoping guys, you would. I forgot. I forgot until you said this just now. I okay, so. Didn't. <laughs> oh, what are the fucking odds, guys? I voted early voting in person this past week, and I kid you not, the man in front of me was named Dirk. <laughs> he was named Dirk. I so almost happy. cried. I'm, like, crying now. It was, they, like, I don't know how they're doing voting where you guys are doing it, but we, like, lined up, and then they took us into another room, and we were all spaced out while they had, like, three stations to check people in and make sure you got the right ballot, and um, they called his name in that room, and I 
it's literally a miracle I didn't make any sort of audible reaction. And, like, thank God there was some sort of, like, divider between him and me because I guarantee I made some sort of, like, visual reaction. <laughs> I almost died. Oh. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to, was it... Uh, Columbus. Oh, it was Christopher Columbus. Yes. Go back and listen to that episode. Um, yeah. It, oh, man. Oh, Dirk. Um, what else, Boothang? Uh, is this where we introduce our limited maybe new segment? <laughs> I think so. I don't have anything else to add, so if you're okay. ready. All right. Uh Guys, we have a segment. Woo! <laughs> I don't know how long this segment is going to last. Um, for obvious reasons. <sighs> so, this Wednesday, this past Wednesday, I took the plunge and I created an online dating profile. <laughs> I have been single for well over a year now. And I have had many conversations recently, too many for my own comfort, I think, about people being like, hey, you should try online dating. Hey, have Which, you thought about I, doing this? Can I interject for a second? Absolutely. It's totally fine. I'm going to say it's totally fine to suggest that to someone if, like, like, I don't think it would be out of line for me to suggest that to you yes. as your, like, best friend if I acknowledged that, like, you really want to be in a relationship or something or like I obviously wasn't happy with my current situation right yes I don't think it's out of line if like people who may not be your best friend are talking to you and you are talking about how like you are struggling finding someone to date or you are struggling being lonely or you wish you could get back out there or something like those are all acceptable times when someone could be like oh have you considered trying online dating mm -hmm. can we stop Telling people to try online online dating, like, unprompted, yes. unsolicited yes. online dating suggestions. Fucking stop. One, there's nothing wrong with being single. No. And don't just assume that someone doesn't enjoy being single. Like, like stop, I, guys. I complain about it, but, like, it's mostly in a joking man yes you know there's like obviously yeah. there's a hint of truth to it because with every joke there's like a tiny dash of truth like would i want right. to be in a relationship absolutely do i miss feeling valued and appreciated well i don't know if i felt valued and appreciated in my previous relationships so <sighs> am i yeah. am i excited about the possibility of potentially feeling valued and appreciated yes absolutely who yeah. doesn't want to feel valued and appreciated Am I, like, chomping at the bit to get back out there? No. I'm so... I'm yeah. super content with where I'm at right now. Like, whatever. Also, but, it's never single people, right? No. That's... Uh, yeah. That's so fucked up. <laughs> so, I downloaded Hinge. Um, and I decided to take some notes. So, this, today, is the launch of unhinged with Kendra. I'm so excited, guys. <clears throat> oh, no. Number one. Oh, no. There's so much camo. Stop <sighs> with if all of your five or six 
pictures have you in camo holding up a dead animal, I will swipe so fast to get rid of you. Yes. What are you trying to hide, guys? That, that you know how to if use we a date- gun and how to <laughs> effectively slit a throat? Yes. Sign me up for that. Listen, I love horror movies. I don't want to be in one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I get, like, if that's if that's one of your hobbies, sure. One picture, maybe two. But, like, if that's your personality, pass. If that is the only thing that you can bring to the table, I do not want it. Pass. Same with golf. The number of oh. files that I have seen were all five or six pictures are you swinging a golf club or views of a golf course show me that you are a well-rounded individual like i feel like i am a well-rounded individual i have a variety of hobbies a variety of interests yeah things that i like to do so there's that uh number two you can you can post like your your job the number of engineers that i have seen on this app is staggering to me. No, no. weird. And it's almost like they have horrible uh, social skills. <laughs> so I work for an engineering firm. <laughs> I surround myself with engineers all day, every day, pretty much. A lot of my friends are engineers. <laughs> I can tell you right now that I do not want to date an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> I, at a previous job, worked with engineers and yeah i understand listen we not we know not all engineers but 97.6 percent of engineers yes i'm also kind of like man you know what i love when engineers mansplain things to me at work i really wish i could also have that (laughs) when i go home as well I just don't get enough of that in the day-to-day office. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, the first couple, I was like, huh, there are a few engineers on this app. Like, okay. But then right. they just kept coming. And I'm like, did I misread the app? Like, is this an engineers-only dating <laughs> app? What am I getting myself into? Oh, no. That's amazing. It, yeah. It was insane. Uh, and my, my last little tidbit of the morning is um this should not have to be said but don't be a dick yeah i don't know why that's such a hard concept um so yesterday i matched with and i use that phrase hesitantly because we didn't actually match um a guy reached out to me on hinge uh my main profile picture on my profile is one of the lovely mask photos that we ventured out into the woods and took a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. He took the time to oh so nicely reach out and just say, masks are pointless. Now, I was in a sassy mood <laughs> yesterday, which doesn't happen often. Normally, no. when people confront me about something, I just don't respond. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to call him out on his shit. Yes, queen. So I responded and I said... I had no idea you work for the CDC. You should really highlight that in your profile if you're going to dish out medical advice. Otherwise, you just come across like an asshole. And he said, oh, I'm definitely an asshole, but I have a brain and I can use it. Unlike you who wears a mask when your dipshit Democrats tell you to. Go on, little sheep. Keep being worthless. 
so then I responded and I said, wow, you sure showed me. I bet you get a lot of ladies with that attitude. And then unmatched him. Yes. So I was like, you are not worth my time nor my energy, sir. So good just, luck getting laid. Yeah. So just don't be a dick. Be a decent human being. And we can have differing opinions. I don't want to date someone who is exactly the same as me. Right. We're going to have differing opinions. But when you take the time to be an asshole about it. Yes. I don't want that. (laughs) Why do you need to go out of your way on an app that where like people are already being vulnerable, especially women being vulnerable, putting themselves in like uncomfortable positions? Yes. Why are why do you have to go out of your way to be a dick to someone you have no interest in? Like, just say it to yourself and move on. Otherwise, w- did he expect you to respond and be like, oh, my God, you're so right. I have no man in my life to tell me how wrong I am right now. Like, thank you so much. Let's go get married so you can continue to tell me what I'm doing wrong for the entire rest of my life. If I no. wanted to if I wanted to marry someone who told me I was wrong all the time, I would already be married. So, yeah, I will keep you guys updated. I I really don't know if online dating is for me. Like, it was fun for three days. Um, I went to sleep Wednesday night, and I woke up with 27 messages the next morning. Ooh. And I was like, okay, okay, so maybe. And then I read all of them, and I was like, nope, 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 nope. Hard pass. Hard pass. No, 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 no. <laughs> I feel like it can be an easier way to, like, weed people out. Yes. But that also can be very, like, emotionally draining. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It's very... It, it heightens my anxiety a lot. Um, I'm currently sitting at 34 messages in my inbox, and I <laughs> just don't want to deal with any of them. So if you're listening and you've, you've reached out to me on Hinge, I'm sorry. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. But if you're really serious, um, reach out to us at usabpodcast at gmail.com. That's really where, like, yes, it's that, like, first class dating line for Kendra, guys. Yeah. And I'm I'm not desperate right. by any stretch of the imagination. So it's not like I have I very high standards. And so. And I'm you should. Not, I'm not just going to talk to someone because they showed interest in me. Exactly. If you like my photo, no. If yeah. you, like, actually say something to me and, like, try to initiate a conversation after a thorough evaluation of your profile, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and that's okay. I think a lot of people, like, find fault in that. But, like, you should be picky. Because unless you're just looking to, like, have a good time or get laid, which is fine. That's a completely different topic. But if you're, like, actively looking for a relationship and potentially someone to spend the rest of your life with, mm-hmm. if you're going to spend the rest of the life your life with them, like, you should be picky about that. Yeah. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Again, I think that is more emotionally taxing, mm-hmm. but it's not inherently bad or wrong. Right. So. Yeah. And I don't do casual. Like, I don't do that no. well. I, and that's okay. If I like someone, if I like someone enough that I, like, go on dates with them, like, that means I like you. And I yeah. want to spend time with you. And I want to, like, be with you. You're like, look, I have a vibrator. I don't need you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was uh, the first and maybe only installment, who knows, of uh, 
Unhinged with Kendra. I love that name, BT Dubs. Thank you. Um, well, that was fun. Uh, yeah. Are you ready to check in? Let's do it. How you doing? I am. Okay. <laughs> you sounded know. so confident at the beginning I of that know. sentence. I know. Didn't I? I am. Uh, okay. I don't, I'm having one of those weird days, weeks where, like, I'm good, and then, like, one day will be, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. And then the next days I'm good. So then I'm like, I don't know how am I actually, but I'm okay. I'm <laughs> I'm a little bummed because, well, I'm excited because it's Halloween, but I'm a little bummed because, like, usually we have a big friend party and mm-hmm. we can't do that. And, like, a lot of the things I usually do on Halloween we can't do. And it was supposed to be a big year because it was on Saturday, but... It's okay. And we talked about this before. I've got some solid uh, election anxiety, which, again, by the time this comes out, we'll most likely know who the president is, but also very likely not. So who really knows at this point? I. Yeah. Um, But other than that, like, I can't I can't complain too much. How about you? Same. I'm. I've got some pretty solid election anxiety as well. Um, work has been fine. Not crazy. Not slow. But manageable. Um, Good. Yeah. Ready to bitch? Yes. Guys, I'm going to talk to you today about a topic very near and dear to my heart, I guess. Mostly it just riles me up and I think about it a lot. A toxic positivity. Uh, I am convinced that um, it's the main reason why I'm such a cranky person. Uh, Because one, I'm sick of being told that I'm not allowed to have emotions that are normal emotions to have, which we'll dive into. And I also think there's a tiny, uh, I think we've discussed this before, I'm driven by spite. So there's the tiniest part of me that's like, oh, I can't be negative? Freaking watch me. <laughs> so now I'm just a cranky person. So if you have not heard of toxic positivity, you might think it sounds like bullshit. You might be like, what is this? But odds are it's not actually a new concept. You probably just haven't heard it referred to um, by this name. I read one article when I was researching that did a poll of a few hundred people and 75% of them had never heard the term toxic positivity. But after having it explained, just over two-thirds of them said they not only recognized the concept, but they had experienced toxic positivity from someone within the past week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in that boat, too. I, like, I knew what it was, but I didn't know it had a name. Yes. It's like mansplaining, yes. I think. As soon as, Absolutely. like, someone put a name to it and explained it, you're like, that makes so much sense. Yes. So, what is it, right? Um... I don't know why that was a difficult transition. (laughs) So toxic positivity is the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy and optimistic state in any situation in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of genuine human and emotional experience. Um, To put it simpler, it's the belief or encouragement, uh, either by yourself or by other people, That despite a person's emotional pain or difficult situation, you should only have a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. And 
positivity in general is not inherently bad. Neither of us are going to sit here and argue that. It's actually, in many, most situations, very positive. It's a very good thing. Mm -hmm. But what sets toxic toxic positivity apart from regular positivity is that toxic positivity shunts, ignores, or invalidates the difficult experiences or negative emotions that a person is actually experiencing. Um, here are some common phrases which you've probably heard that are toxically positive. Stay positive. It could be worse. Positive vibes only. Just look on the bright side. Find the silver lining. Everything happens for a reason. Be grateful for what you have. Or you'll miss it when it's over. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the phrase used, the undertone is always the same. You should be grateful for what you do have, and you shouldn't pay attention to your problems or what you have lost. Um, and there's always this sense that if you are experiencing negative emotions, you are either being ungrateful or that there is something inherently wrong with you. Which we'll get into this later, but there's not. We all feel negative emotions. It's a fucking normal part of being a human being. Yep. This also encourages an emotional hierarchy. There's a belief that some emotions have higher value or are inherently better than others, and that's just completely false. All emotions um, have value. They all have a reason. Yes, some of them feel better, but that doesn't mean that bad emotions are inherently bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and all, like I said, all emotions have a function Like, anxiety, a lot of times, is there to protect us. Sometimes it gets a little out of control and can trigger, like, your body can trigger anxiety when there's not actually something to be anxious about. But in most situations, like, the root of these emotions are there to tell us something about our environment. And I guess this is jumping ahead a little bit, but, like, it's things like that, telling people not to listen to those emotions that will get people in tricky situations, like, staying in bad relationships Mm-hmm. staying in bad jobs like yep you know. be thankful for what you do have exactly yep egg exactly um yeah yeah um and it's okay to feel crappy when crappy stuff happens shocker guys mm-hmm. shocker um and it's very very common for us to feel conflicting emotions at the same time you can have both positive and negative emotions in the same day in the same experience at the same time and there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't mean you're broken because you're feeling bad emotions um an example we'll talk about later is like when you lose your job it's fully normal for you to be upset sad scared hurt but also be hopeful that you're going to make it through, that you're going to find something in the future. Mm-hmm. They're not mutually exclusive. But apparently with toxic positivity, they are. Um, now, this may seem like a term coined by millennials or Gen Zers uh, for social media or to make us feel better for our delicate snowflake emotions. <laughs> um, but it's not. This is actually a real issue acknowledged by, studied by, um, talked about by psychologists and professionals. I think 75 to 80% of the articles I read or videos I watched 
were produced by psychologists. Wow. Like, it's a, it causes some really serious issues, and we'll get into that in a second, but just so you know, it's not bullshit. <laughs> also, shocker, most of us have been conditioned to respond, not respond to toxic positivity, but, like, respond with toxic positivity since we were really, really young, just mm-hmm. like most things in our life. Um, you can look all the way back to when, like, a little child is crying. What do we usually tell them? It's okay. Yeah. Don't cry. It's... Exactly. I'm Literally. here. Yes. And I'm here is not toxically positive. I think that's probably, like, an okay response. But don't cry and it's okay. Definitely toxically positive. And I know before all the parents and my dad come at me, I don't have a child. I know that, like, kids are tricky. They do cry for situations that, like, aren't necessarily triggered by, like, real... Kids cry for stupid reasons. And eventually you have to teach them not to cry for, like, stupid reasons. But you still can do that without, like, invalidating their feelings, if that makes sense. Like, if they fall, you can say, I know that's scary. You can ask them, like, are you okay? Have them think about it. Like, have them do the scanning and realizing that they're okay instead of just being like, it's okay. Don't cry. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, And then, obviously, as we get older, this doesn't stop. And it becomes huge in middle school and high school. Or, like, major formative years when kids are being dicks. We're going through hormonal changes. We're going through body changes. Everything's really confusing. And most of us are overly emotional. And it often gets brushed off as just being a phase or just being like puberty and so we're often told just don't think about it or just be positive it'll go away or it's not a phase and while again you mean well this especially in kids of those uh, kids of that age they start to internalize that as thinking that there's something wrong with them for having those negative thoughts and experiences and that doesn't go away you and I both have the mindset ingrained in us that feeling those emotions are wrong and bad mm-hmm. and I can tell you it's fucked me up mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can now acknowledge them not all the time but most of the time and I'm working through it but it's still like a thing that is actively affecting like my day-to-day life toxic positivity at least in any way shape or form are a huge part of what have led to that mm-hmm Um, another issue with toxic positivity is that at its core, it's just a form of avoidance. Mm -hmm. We try to pretend that like, oh, we're just trying to help you. We're trying to help you feel better. No, you're not. You're just trying to avoid your own negative feelings that come with dealing with someone else's negative feelings. That's pretty much all there is to it. And it's okay if you don't feel comfortable addressing those feelings in someone, especially if it's someone you're not close with, but that doesn't mean you have to completely invalidate their feelings. Um, I saw a really great analogy for toxic positivity. I call it the bear analogy. Toxic positivity is like putting a bear costume on your dog and saying, look, it's a bear. (laughs) Guys, it's not a bear. It's still just a dog. It's the exact same thing when you have shitty emotions and someone's like, oh, just be happy. And you're like, look, I'm happy. 
you're not happy. You're still just sad. I don't know why we as a society can't deal with emotions. Like, at what point did we decide that, like, oh, yeah, if you're sick, go to a doctor. Oh, yeah, if you're sad, just fucking get over it. Right. I don't know why that's such a big thing, and it plays into the huge issue of stigmatizing um, mental health. Like, again, like I said, if you have a cold, if you have the flu, yeah, go to the doctor and get it fixed. If you're depressed or anxious or bipolar, like, well, you can't go to a therapist. That's not okay. Right. You just think positive thoughts. It doesn't make sense. If you broke a bone, if you're, like, playing a volleyball game and something happens and you break your arm, no one's going to say, oh, don't go to the hospital. Just think positive thoughts and you'll be fine. fine. We don't do that for physical things, so why are we doing it for brains? Why are we doing it for emotions? Freaking stop. (sighs) Guys, it makes me so mad. (laughs) And I know that the stigmatization of mental illness is probably a whole other episode in and of itself, but it just comes up so much and so frustrating. Because also, I was thinking about this on my run the other day, like, I'm going to be frank, everyone's mentally ill. Am I wrong? Come at me. Like, everyone in their life experiences a cold or a flu. I think everyone in their life experiences some form of mental illness, whether it's chronic or temporary. So let's start treating it the same. Yes. So obviously, this is an issue, and it causes, as I've touched on a little bit, it causes real-world harmful effects. Um, The most common of which is it will cause you to bottle your negative emotions. Because if someone tells you, like, oh, just be happy, you're like, okay, okay, let's shove this down. Guys, what happens when we bottle our emotions? You turn into people like me. Uh, when you bottle your negative emotions, same, they fester and they yep. simmer and they, they're always in the back of your head. Uh, but when you do not express them, they just kind of hang out until something usually small happens yes. that you yes. should not, uh, release those emotions toward. Uh, but no surprise. They just all decide to come out at once. And then you feel like even shittier of a person, uh, for yes. reacting the way that you do. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. I had a nickel. percent. I had a nickel for every time I did that. Would not have to work. Same. And I have realized recently, like, I used to think, like, oh, you're fully aware when you're bottling your emotions. Like, it's an active choice. And I think it starts out that way. But I've gotten to a point in my life where, like, it's such second nature that mm-hmm. I don't realize I'm bottling my emotions until I explode. Yeah. And then, like, like my husband and I will be having a conversation, and then suddenly I'll explode. And he'll be like, where did that come from? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know I was bottling all of these emotions. Yeah. Um, I also saw another analogy, if you don't relate to the bottle emo- um, analogy, or even if you do, um, the closet analogy is also a good one. It's like when you're cleaning your house... And instead of actually, like, dealing with things and putting them away, you just shove everything in a closet and shut the door. Mm Mm-hmm. It may not explode, but at some point, you're going to have to open that closet and see those things and either be reminded of them or at some point actually deal with them. They don't just go away just because you're not 
feeling them. Yep. And on, um, on the surface, it looks fine. If someone were exactly. to walk into your house and not open that closet, they would be like, oh, they have their shit together. Like, everything is clean. They're a very put-together person. Until that closet gets opened, whether or not they open it, it does not matter. If there's enough uh-huh. stuff in there, the closet will open on its own. Exactly. Or you get, uh, like, defensive if anyone goes near the closet. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Don't want to open that door. Yep. Um... I don't know if I put this in this section or if it's later, but we can touch on it now. Uh, shocker, did you know that telling someone to not feel their emotions actually makes them feel them more intensely? What? I had no idea. Who would have guessed, guys? Sorry that your your toxic positivity has the exact opposite effect on people. And also um, telling someone that they have no reason to be, insert emotion here. Yes is one of the shittiest things you can tell someone. Yes. Absolutely. Because it is not your job to decide how someone should be feeling when they are feeling it. No. And even if this is, I think I mentioned this before, but like a very common phrase or tactic is, well, it could be worse or like such and such has it worse. Just because you're not experiencing the same negative emotion as someone else, which may be a worse negative emotion, doesn't mean you're not feeling a negative emotion. Life isn't a competition, guys. Yes. Thank you. It's not. And people who make it a competition are the worst kind of people. Yes. I'm overly competitive. I make everything a competition. (laughs) But life is not a competition. (laughs) Save that for skee-ball. I don't know why skee-ball was the first thing that popped into my head because I'm I'm actually decently competitive when it comes to skee-ball. I'm horrible at skee-ball, so I'm not. I love skee-ball. I'm really bad at it, it, but I love it. I always think I love it, and then I... I do it, like, once or twice, and I'm like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go find something I'm good at. (laughs) Where's the GDR? Yes. (laughs) Guys. Um, Stanford actually did a 10-year study, like, a long-term study, um, and they found out that denying negative feelings as a coping mechanism um, is linked, shocker, to higher levels of depression. What? Because, like I said, you feel your feelings more, and it's backed by data. Um, oh, here it is, this bullet point that I thought wasn't right in front of my face. Um, a study in 2011 found that people actually felt more sad when others expected them to not feel negative emotions. Um, and this morning, in one of these videos I watched, uh, I learned that there is a 12-year study that found suppressing your emotions leads to a higher mortality rate. I believe it. Right? I believe it 100%. It causes unhealthy coping mechanisms like emotional eating, substance abuse. It leads to higher blood pressure and, Mm -hmm. like, basically worsens your body's ability to react to stress. Yeah. Which, if you've listened to the Brene Brown episode on, like, emotions and emotional tunnels, it talks about how, like, if you're actively constantly working through those emotion tunnels, your body learns how to do that. And if you don't. It forgets how to do that, and then you get stuck in all the tunnels. Um, they've also had some issues where this is; these results are suggestive. They're not yet definitive, but they think it's directly correlated to chronic diseases and even cancer. Cool. Fun times. But, yeah. So, stop telling people to just shove their emotions and be happy. You're going to make them sick. Don't and be healthcare in America, the someone has cancer. 
Yes, yes, put that on a shirt. Mm. And it makes you look like a dick. Let me rephrase that. It makes you a dick. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> like just very, it's very rude and people don't want to be around you. They don't want to, like, I think most of the time, like there are people that I don't like that like I can be around, mm-hmm. like I'll be, I'll be nice with. People like this, I don't want to have anything to do with. Yeah. At all. And why would you? Why would exactly. you put yourself in a situation where you are around that person and you know you're yes. going to end up feeling like shit? Yes. Why would you do that? Yes. And I do think there are two main types of people who use toxic positivity. One type, like, actively, honestly believes that this is the way to live your life. And I think these are actually more rare. Um, but these are often, like, people see them as, like, woo-woo people a lot of times. They're, like, yogis or spiritual healers. And I'm not, I'm not completely, like shitting on those people but a lot of times they do honestly believe that there's some like magical land where if we're all just happy and positive all the time the world will be a beautiful place um and that's just delusional the world will seem like a beautiful place (laughs) the second type of people i think are the more common ones or at least uh the more common that you and i have experience with uh they're the people who don't actually fully believe that we should only have positive emotions Um, at least on, like, a full level, they mostly just want to shut people down and shut them up. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's okay for them to have negative emotions, Mm -hmm. but God forbid anyone else show negative emotions, somehow it's different. Right. (sighs) Okay, so let's talk about some places where um, we see toxic positivity. And most of these will probably not be a surprise, but some of them might be. It's quite common in the workplace. Usually we see it from bosses um, or managers or owners, and it can sound like positive vibes only, no bad attitudes, negativity free zone. And this is horrible for a lot of reasons, uh, because one, from experience, working in a toxically positive environment sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, the jobs I've had that were toxically positive, like I... It's funny because the intention is to make it a positive place for people to enjoy working, but it has the opposite effect. I never wanted to go into work at these places. I was always afraid that, like, the tiniest not positive thing I would say would get me in trouble or get chastised or get judged. Mm -hmm. Um, So, shocker, there are many reasons your employee or you as an employee may be in a bad mood. And almost always... I'm sure there's, like, a situation maybe where it's not. Those reasons are fucking valid. And it's not... It's not realistic to expect people to be able to completely compartmentalize their outside lives and their work lives. Yeah. Um, I had a coworker once who came to work and she was in a bad mood. And she wasn't, like, taking it out on anyone. She just wasn't cheerful, wasn't really talking to people a lot that day. And our boss eventually called her into the office and was like... What's your deal? Why do you have a bad attitude today? It was the anniversary of her mother's death. Oh. Like, guys, there are so many reasons why people could be in a bad mood, whether it's something like that. Maybe they're having some really, they're going through some really shitty things at home. Maybe even, like, the commute was really shitty. Yeah. Like, these are all valid reasons to not be happy. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not happy at work or with their job. Um, and even if it does, like, that shouldn't be a direct deal breaker, but... 
-hmm. Usually we see toxic positivity in the workplace as a way to brush off legitimate problems and to push the blame onto employees instead of making changes and finding a solution, which makes employees feel like you don't care about them or respect them. It lowers employee morale. Shocker. And then continuing to bitch about the, like, negative attitude. That's one of the things that gets me, that has gotten me at one of my jobs, is, like, the company is the reason morale was low, but then had to yell at us for having low morale. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to make it better, guys. You're correct. Great and, job. And here, here's a little helpful piece of advice for all people in a uh, CEO, higher-up position, whatever, in your company. Pizza parties don't solve anything. Yes. They don't. Like, so many companies are like, well, if we just, like, bring in ice cream once, everything is going to be better. Food food is not a magical Band-Aid that fixes no. the problems within the company. Thank you for saying that. That is, we haven't talked about this a whole lot, but if we go into, like, abusive, toxic relationships, that is a common tactic. Buy you a gift to make you forget about the abuse that we abused upon you words um and that's it is exactly the same thing within a workplace like that is workplace abuse sorry um it decreases creativity and productivity and it destroys employee retention because one of two things is going to happen either one your good employees are going to leave to find a job where they actually feel respected or two you're going to start blaming good employees for like their bad attitudes And you're going to let these good employees go because you're blaming them for having bad attitudes when really the problem was a systemic problem inside the company. And then that's just going to continue and spiral. Mm -hmm. Uh, Related to jobs um, is job loss, as I touched on in the beginning. Um, A lot of times people will say it could be worse. At least you're getting severance. At least you're getting unemployment. At least your partner is employed. At least you have your health. Don't worry, you're going to find something soon. Um, first of all, I'm just going to say for the rest of your lives, stop starting responses with at least. Mm-hmm. It's never going to end well. Um, second of all, I think it's very hard for people to understand and it shouldn't be because empathy, but I think it's hard for people to understand unless they've been in that situation, regardless of your, um, like economic or life situation, losing a job is really scary. Mm -hmm. It's really painful. It's really stressful. Even if you are healthy and your spouse is employed and you're receiving severance or unemployment, it sucks. Also, I think a huge part of um, job loss is that, again, shocker, we stigmatize it as a society and there are so many reasons especially in like the heavily at will corporate environment we live in there are so many reasons people could be fired Mm -hmm. and so people also carry this sense of shame basically you're shaming people for feeling bad about a situation where they're already feeling shame Mm -hmm. got it mental illness we touched on this a little bit but toxic positivity is huge when it comes to mental illness um the number of times i've seen like memes or comments about like just look on the bright side you wouldn't be so bad if you just thought happy thoughts like just don't think about it oh guys oh it's that easy don't think about it right oh because i've 
I haven't tried to think about it, but I it I think about it. So oh, it's it's that easy to just not think about it. Cool. Yes, I'm good. It is also good with words. I'm same. That's why we podcast. It is also extremely insulting. Like that phrase, people don't realize how insulting it is. That oh yeah, I've never I've that never even considered that. Yeah. God. Um. So guys. With mental illness, there's an actual chemical imbalance in your brain. And no amount of good vibes or positive thoughts are going to fix that. Uh, and as I kind of mentioned before, it can actually make it worse. Failure to effectively process your emotions in a timely manner can lead to disrupted sleep, increase, increased substance abuse, even PTSD. All of those are just going to make the existing problems worse. Um... And studies have shown that when you're asked to not think about something, it actually makes you more likely to think about it. Mm-hmm. Mental illness is a common thing that many, many people deal with, and that doesn't inherently make you or the things you're thinking bad or wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about abusive partners. Toxic positivity uh, can, is often used by abusive partners and also helps to enable um, abusive partners and makes it more difficult for people in bad relationships or abusive relationships to get out. Um, usually people will say things like, oh, it can't, it can't be that bad. Or like, just give them a chance. Or you're just, you're just focusing on the negative things. You have to look on, on like, focus on the positive things they're doing. And this can be really, really dangerous. As the abuser, it often goes hand-in-hand with gaslighting, which is a completely different topic, but they use it as a way to convince you that the abuse isn't real or isn't actually as bad as it is. People who are witnessing the abuse or hearing about the abuse, it's really similar to what we discussed with slut-shaming and blaming women for their abuse based on what they're wearing. It's a similar thing for blaming abusers for their abuse based on how they're feeling because it diminishes the experience of the abused and it makes them less likely to speak out or acknowledge it and make a change and it enables the behaviors of the abuser um and i know this can be especially tricky when you know the abuser if you are friends with them or if they are family but i strongly strongly urge you to take the victim's word above your friend because again like i said it's probably very, very difficult for them to speak out. And please, 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 please start acknowledging that mental and emotional abuse is still abuse. And it's really dangerous. Another place, toxic positivity is a very common response to someone experiencing grief and death. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common phrases that we often hear after someone dies is, they're in a better place. They're no longer suffering. Um, at least statements are also very common. At least they lived a long life. Um, at least you're still young if, like, your spouse died. Mm-hmm. Grief is tricky because it is significantly, significantly different for each person and each situation. But when you lose someone close to you, you lose someone you love, it's a very dark place. It's a very raw place. And at least in my experience, 
nothing anyone says is going to make me feel better. They usually just made me mad. (laughs) Anytime someone would say, well, they're in a better place. I was always like, cool, good for them, because I'm in fucking emotional hell right now. Right. So, like, even in situations where someone was sick or ill, they're like, they're no longer suffering. Yes, that is great. But also, again, now I am suffering and... Mm -hmm. And I'm the one that's still here, so maybe my emotions matter. Yeah. Um, And I know it's super, super hard to figure out what to say to someone. Um, I would suggest just acknowledging that the situation is rough, acknowledging their emotions, sharing your condolences. Um, I always appreciated if someone wanted to share their memories. I also appreciated when people would ask if there was anything they could do. Because then that gives you, as the griever, an opportunity to be like, this is how... I would like the situation handled. Yes, absolutely. Um, So, I mean, if you're struggling for things to say, that's always a a solid option, I think. I agree. Yeah. Um, Okay, speaking of grief, let's talk about elections. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Again, at the time of recording, we still have no idea who the new president is. But frankly, that doesn't matter. I am almost positive that regardless of who wins, uh, the losing side is going to be met with toxic positivity because we always are. Um, I have very vivid memories from 2016 when Trump won, um, when people would express legitimate concerns. uh, People saying, oh, it won't be that bad. Or my personal favorite, it's only four years. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot can happen in four years. A lot has yes, happened. Yes, a in lot four has years. happened. But it really comes down to again the same thing we keep saying this whole time: stop delegitimizing people's feelings, mm-hmm. especially in the case of an election. People are genuinely upset and concerned for very legitimate reasons. Mm-hmm. Both sides are concerned about losing rights if mm-hmm. the other side is in power. So don't delegitimize those fears. Mm-hmm. Um, it also sends a message that your concern, or that their concerns aren't valid or that you don't actually care if those bad things happen to them or not. Yes. And that makes you a bad person. Well, and there's a very big difference between, oh no, they're going to take away my guns versus yes. they're going to take away my rights as a human being. Yes. They're very, very different. Yes. <laughs> Drives me nuts. COVID, huh? COVID is probably the biggest area where most people are experiencing it. So have we have we ever mentioned this, guys? There are a lot of legitimate reasons to feel down right now mm-hmm. in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, health concerns for you, health concerns for your family, for your friends, um, job concerns, economy concerns, uh, general frustration for me, typically with the people who aren't taking this seriously, um, loneliness is a very valid emotion to be feeling right now. Financial insecurity, um, grief over ruined or canceled plans. I think this is one area where people are like, well, yeah, that sucks, but like, at least you're healthy. Well, it still fucking sucks, guys. Even if you're in some sort of situation where you haven't lost your job, you're fully healthy, your family is healthy, maybe you didn't even have any plans that were canceled, we're still experiencing a global pandemic, and that's going to come with its fair share of stress 
and negative emotions. Your brain does not cognitively work the same under the stress of a global pandemic, guys. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a fact. I also think this is a very important place to acknowledge, as I mentioned before, that you can have conflicting emotions at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also, just because you are not experiencing a specific hardship or just because, like, you are witnessing a person experiencing a, like, perk that you are having a hardship with doesn't mean that that person isn't experiencing other hardships. That doesn't mean that the person whose current COVID situation you're envying isn't feeling pain for that situation. I know, I I hate admitting this, I've already told you this, I hate admitting this because it makes me feel like a shitty person, but it took me too long to acknowledge how difficult it was to be quarantining alone. Mm -hmm. I'm quarantining with my husband, which I don't hate my husband, but like there are days where I'm like, I just want to fucking be alone. And so I didn't understand what would be so bad about being alone because I wasn't experiencing it. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't have struggles. And similarly, like I'm not saying Kendra thought this way, but I would understand if like, Kendra saw Tyler and I and was like, well, you're quarantining with someone else. Like, it's at least you're not fucking alone. Uh, Every day. Every day I have that thought. There are days when the only voice I hear is my own. And there are days where I do not see any other humans. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. I also know toxic positivity has, like in the covid times there's there's the side of toxic positivity that like isn't actually acknowledging that people are having hard times and then there's the side that like acknowledges that you're going through a hard time but is trying to be a cheerleader which me like people mean well but again you're not helping by completely ignoring someone's struggle um my mom She is a teacher, and she has been teaching music for the past, like, 35 years. And because of COVID, they had to completely restructure the way schools function. And so she was asked to teach first grade. She has taught first graders, um, but she has never taught strictly first grade. And so after, like, the first week back I just checked in with her and I asked her how things were going and she told me that it's really difficult and it's really exhausting and she's like I know I know it'll get better and it'll be okay but like it's it's really hard and I said um like I'm sorry that sounds really really frustrating and she said I was only the second person who told her I'm sorry wow And that made me cry. Yeah. She's like, she's like, everyone is being super supportive. They're all being cheerleaders. But it's great to hear someone who understands and acknowledges that it's tough. Mm -hmm. And you can do both. You can say, like, I'm so sorry. That's super difficult. Um, But I know, like, I know you're a great teacher. And I believe in you that it will get better. Like, you you can do both. (laughs) Um, we had a meeting with all of the women in our company, which was great. And they brought in a guest speaker 
who um, is a sports psychologist. And the whole thing was about staying positive in COVID. And she was talking about, like, the importance of a morning routine. She gave very specific things about how she would handle it. I think this just comes down to the, like, comparative thing. Just because I think it's twofold. Like, freaking everything that pops into my mind, apparently. Um, Part of it is, like, people compare specific events. Like, I experienced this hard event. So, like, you can get through this hard event, which is exactly the same level of hardness. Or, like, isn't as bad as this hardness so you should be able to get through this it's fine which is not the case and then also they assume that everyone's response to a specific event is the same yes and that's not that's not how everyone should handle yes things yes we definitely overgeneralize solutions and responses and everything and everyone is different and the thing about like sure It's important to have a morning routine, but, like, for some people, just getting out of bed in the morning Mm -hmm. is hard. Um, Did she talk about being motivated and, like, Mm -hmm. setting goals and doing things? Mm -hmm. I was just going to break into this. Uh, That is a form of toxic positivity, especially in COVID. Even though we have, like, physical time... And space in our homes doesn't mean that we have the mental time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, I read an article, shocker, by a psychologist who was talking about how during times of stress, our brains are full. Mm-hmm. And we are in the middle of a global pandemic. It's fucking stressful. We do not, we literally do not, in most cases, have the cognitive capacity to tackle something new. Mm-hmm. So well, stop acting like we should be. And for those of us who are overthinkers anyway, yes, adding a global pandemic, adding election and the, the current political climate that we're dealing mm-hmm. with, and then encouraging us to try new things and put effort into to other things. Like, I yes. don't I, I need s- things that will help clear my brain, not add things into it because she full. I saw a great quote that was something like, if you never in your life took the time to become a professional chef, why in the hell are you trying to do it in the middle of a global pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. And if you have the space in your brain and your mental ability to do it, that's great. I'm not telling you you, I'm not telling you you should feel like shit right now. I'm just telling you that if you do feel like shit, if you do feel overwhelmed, Mm-hmm. That's okay. <laughs> if sitting on the couch is what's going to get you through this and decompressing and trying to block everything out, do it. If going for a run will help, mm-hmm. do it. If starting a new hobby, do it. But yeah. don't don't criticize other people for what they may or may not be doing during this time. Yes. And I also think, I'm surprised I haven't touched on this yet. I think that a lot of times this comes from um, people being worried that they're going to, like, stew on their negative emotions forever and, like, never get out of there. And that can be a problem. I think it's a lot more rare than people think. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, like, if you have a friend who is actively, like, burying themselves into really, really dark times, like, yes, then you should reach out and figure out a way to help them. But in most of these cases, that's not... Right. That's not what's happening. Okay, guys, what can we do about it? Guys, because we gotta do something about it. It's really dangerous, and it's a bullshit. So, instead of being toxically positive, start by actually listening to people. I thought you were going to be like, instead of being toxically positive, be toxically negative. I mean, that's how I live my life. I was like, I know someone who can help with that. (laughs) Anytime your friend is like, hey, this thing really sucks, really dig in and be like, yeah, I bet this negative thing will happen next. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Um, No, actually listen to people. I don't know why this is such a hard concept, but it is. We have somehow learned growing up to, like, listen, but not listen, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, listen to what people are actually saying, not just what you're assuming they're saying, or what they're wanting, not just what you assume they're wanting. Validate how they're feeling, even if it's different from how you feel or how you think you would feel in that situation acknowledge what they're feeling. Let them know you're listening. Let them know that it's normal to be having those emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's very natural for us want to, for us to want to be helpful and to be encouraging, but it's significantly more helpful for us to listen and recognize what someone actually needs. And in most cases, that's just a listening ear and someone to validate what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Be careful with the word but. That's always my thing. Yes. Is yes. if I am if I am telling someone how I am feeling and I know that they have every intention of being supportive and they say, I understand what you are feeling, I whatever, however they choose to say it, and then they throw a but in there, I stop listening. Because yes. I know that what is coming next will not help me and it will actually make me feel worse. Nine times yes. out of ten. So be very, very careful with the but. Always be careful with the butt. Always be careful um, with the butt. And you can, yes and, like I, I think I mentioned at some point, you can say, like, yes, I acknowledge this is a really difficult situation, and I know you also have the, like, skills and abilities to get past this. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yes. But no butts. No butts. Be like me. Butts. Don't have a butt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, also, please, 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 please recognize that people don't always, and probably more often than not, don't want a solution. hmm The number of times I, especially as a woman, have just wanted to share my feelings or explain a situation and have had someone, usually but not always a man, try to give me a solution and then just, like, steamroll the conversation Mm-hmm. No. Also, it makes it seem like you think you know better. Yes. And screw that. Yes. Screw that. If you don't know if someone wants a solution or if they just want to vent, it's okay to ask. Oh, it's appreciated. I would yes. much rather have someone be like, what kind of a conversation is this? Is this yes. a vent conversation or is this you want me to give my input conversation? Exactly. Or and then even just respect a- it. 
when they yeah. tell you that that it is a vent conversation, do not think that you know better and yes. decide to carry on. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. If you are unsure and you're nervous about that relationship, I would phrase it in a way that says something like, I'm sorry, that's really tough. Do you want help brainstorming solutions? Yes. And I would encourage phrasing it in a way to make it feel like you're doing it together and you're not trying to tell the person how to freaking fix their life. Yes. It's okay to remind someone that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, but you also have to acknowledge that there is darkness inside of the tunnel. And everyone's tunnel is different. Different yes, lights, and different... And every tunnel for every situation is different. Yes. Yeah. We're not talking about vaginas. But those Although all of those, those are all different. Um, if you are experiencing, if you are on the receiving end of toxic positivity, don't ignore your emotions, but ignore the toxic positivity. That's okay to ignore. Um, know that it's okay to not be okay. And in fact, that's totally, totally, 100% normal. It's just a part of life. There's nothing inherently wrong with it. Um, as I mentioned before, feeling our feelings, painful or not, keeps us grounded and in many situations can keep us safe. Um, and find healthy ways of expressing your emotions. Uh, there was a really cool UCLA brain imaging study where they showed that putting feelings into words actually reduces the intensity of negative emotions. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so journal. Talk with a friend. Talk with a professional. Write music or poetry. Um, yeah, all of that can help. I saw another cool study where um, they made people watch, like, traumatic medical, like, surgeries and had half of them talk about their feelings while they were watching it and half of them couldn't talk about it. And the people that couldn't talk about it had, like, higher stress levels and like lower cognitive function i wonder if that's why i have to talk through scary movies that would make sense because if i'm just sitting there trying to soak it in i get significantly more stressed yes yes which is why i always message you (laughs) and i appreciate it because it's entertaining and also i'm here for you thank you um I also just realized all of these things that I feel like I should have realized sooner that, like, we as a society also have this belief that, like, if you're having problems, I don't want to hear with it. Just, like, deal with it, but, like, deal with it quietly. Yeah. And that is actively as, like, unhealthy. Yeah. So, if well, you we've need also to... been kind of conditioned to, if we have problems, think that we're a burden to yes. talk about it to others. And yes. just know that if you reach out to someone and they find you a burden, find someone else to reach out to. Yeah. Like, I'm very thankful that I have Carissa because many, many times a day (laughs) I send her messages (laughs) about my frustrations. Well, and if you, if you're having someone respond to you in that way, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means there's something wrong with them. And not necessarily that, like, they're broken, but that, like, that relationship in general is probably not a great one. Yes. So it's not on you. That's on them. Yes. Um, As I touched on again, remember that feelings aren't mutually exclusive. You can be sad about a struggle and hopeful at the same time. Give yourself permission to hold multiple seemingly conflicting truths in your mind at the same time. Um, I mentioned the yes and statements above. You can use that on yourself as well. 
um, especially during the pandemic, be flexible, be gentle with yourself, allow yourself to have good days and bad days, and don't hold expectations with either of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will close by saying, be careful with how you're using social media. Shocker to none of us, toxic positivity is hugely exacerbated by social media. Um, the projection of everyone being happy all the time only exacerbates the fact that we believe there's something wrong with us when we're feeling negative emotions. Um, it's also very easy to be dismissive and respond to someone having a problem on social media with a toxically positive statement instead of having a conversation. So be honest with what you post on social media. You don't have to air out all of your dirty laundry, but don't be afraid to be real and don't exaggerate or lie to make everything look great or better than it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, Avoid responding with toxic positivity when others post about their real life problems. Be an example and respond in an empathetic way. And if you are willing to have a conversation with someone, um, reach out, have a conversation with them because again, it's really what people need right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if you are experiencing toxically positive responses on something you have posted, take it with a grain of salt. A lot of times those people don't realize what they're doing is bad so know that your feelings are valid i don't know why i couldn't think of that word um know that what you're feeling is okay it's normal and ignore them haters block out them haters yep (laughs) do you wish coronavirus would just go away are you sick of covid and wish there was something you could do about it then have we got the product for you. Face masks. Have you heard of them? Besides staying home and social distancing, masks are the number one way to prevent the spread of COVID and flatten that curve. I think we all have a few curves we'd like flattened right about now. Face masks are lightweight and easy to use. Just loop the straps behind your head or ears, position the mask to cover your mouth and nose, and be on your way. Masks can be found at many of your favorite stores, both in person and online. Name your favorite store. Seriously, right now. Say it out loud. Yeah, they probably have one. It's kind of a big thing right now. If you can't find a mask, you can make one yourself. Out of a bandana, or a shirt, or a dirty pair of underwear. Look, seriously, we don't care what you use to cover your nose and mouth, but please, just use something. I love my mask. I wear it every time I leave the house. Me too. I currently own four. I think it's a great way to accessorize and share my self-expression while also showing compassion for my community. Side effects may include feeling mildly uncomfortable for a short period of time. That's it. Really, just wear the fucking mask. Okay. Are you ready for my bad bitch this week? Yes, please. So this incredible woman has been on my list since the very beginning. Um, Mm. As I stated before, I work in a STEM-related field. Um, For those of you who do not know, STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics. Um, Sometimes they throw an A in there more recently, so it's become STEM STEAM. Um, The A stands for Arts, which I fully, fully support. Um, 
I myself do not have a STEM related career, I guess. I am not an engineer. I am not a mathematician. I do marketing for an engineering firm. Um, so I personally don't have a job in STEAM. This woman, however, 100% had a STEM, STEAM, STEM uh, career and broke many, many, many barriers throughout her career. Uh, so today I am going to tell you the story of Ray Montague. I know nothing about her. I almost said that exactly the way you did in that one episode. I know nothing about her. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I know. So Ray was born in Little Rock, Arkansas on January 21st, 1935. When she was seven years old, she went to a museum with her grandfather to take a look at a captured World War II German submarine. Um, it was a recently captured submarine Ooh. during the war that they just put on display for anyone who wanted to see how submarines works they work huh. um all the the dials and the buttons and stuff and as a seven-year-old she was fascinated um she would ask the man running the exhibit all kinds of questions to learn everything about this ship how it worked um he answered her questions and and she had asked him you know, what kind of job do I need to have to do this? Like, what sure. what do I need? What do I need to be able to work on these on these types of ships? And he's yeah. like, well, you'd need to be an engineer, but you wouldn't have to worry about it. She did not realize that that was an insult. <laughs> she took sure. it as a challenge. <laughs> yes. As a seven-year-old. Um, yes. She already excelled in math and science. She was totally in the gifted and talented club um so she i mean she knew from a very very early age this is what she wanted to do with her life cool however uh -oh. it was not going to come easy for her she had a few things going against her she was a woman and she was black mm. which meant she had a southern segregated school education yeah. um her mother gently you know reminded her of these things she's like it's not going to come easy for you, but you can do anything you want to do and be anything you want to be. Yay. She took her mother's words with her, uh, graduated from high school, and then she ended up getting a degree in business from the Uni University of Arkansas in Pine Bluff um, since the school's engineering program would not take her. Uh, not because she was a woman, but because she was black. Good God, I was about to ask. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, she graduated from college in 1956 and then jetted on over to Washington, D.C. Uh, she put her resume out there a few different places. The first organization to reach back to her was the United States Navy. Mm. Uh, she got a job at the bottom of the totem pole, even though she was had a college degree, um, fully educated, um, but be because she didn't have a degree in engineering, she got a job as a digital computer system operator or a typist. Um, okay. And her main job was to compare tapes that had data on them. Not entirely sure what that means. The interview that I watched, that's all she gave of an explanation. <laughs> um, sure, sure, sure. As to what she did. I assume it's, uh, she was just doing like, find the differences. Puzzles Ooh. every day, right? There we go, but with, like, data. Yeah. 
To me, that sounds significantly less fun, but maybe she found it um, stimulating. Do you remember those old, like, highlight magazines? Yes! I love those. I have weirdly been thinking about those a lot recently. I don't know what that says about me. I'm sure my dad will text me and tell me his thoughts. Exactly. Psychologist. Exactly. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. I remember doing them. I used to subscribe to those when I was a kid. And then I would I always, go to the dentist's office and do them, too. I was just going to say, I always hated when you'd, like, go to the dentist's office and some asshole had actually filled it out with a pen and, like, solved everything for you. Yes. The worst. Like, come on. I bet those are the types of people that go on to tell you masks are pointless on your Oh, I'm photo. sure. I am sure. And call me a sheep. And that's what I should have. That will be, like, my ultimate <laughs> retort back. If I get more asshole comments, be like, oh, yeah, well, I'm sure you were the kid who filled out the highlighter magazine. Hi- highlighter? Highlight? Highlights? Highlights. Highlights. The highlights yeah. magazine in the dentist's office in pen. Good day to you, sir. They will be shooketh. I said good day. <laughs> Unmatched. Okay. Uh, so Ray's, Ray's job with the Navy um, had her sitting right next to the department's Univac 1 computer, which essentially took in data and problems and processed answers in numerical form. Because she wasn't an engineer, she was not allowed to touch it. Did she anyway, though? Because I would have I would have um, occasionally just been like, poke, poke, poke. Not, she'd like hover her finger right in front of not the screen, like, I'm it. not touching it. Yes. I'm not touching it. <laughs> Two siblings in the back seat. Oh exactly. Gosh. That I just got very vivid flashbacks to. Your parents are triggered. <laughs> My brother would probably be more triggered. Uh, brother, if you are listening, did did the song "Sweet Caroline" just pop into your head? Because it did for me. <laughs> Every time. Every time. Um, okay. So only the engineers were allowed to use this computer. Um, But like many of our bad bitches from previous segments, she watched the men use it. Yes. And then taught herself how the system worked. Thanks to her science and engineering skills and her photographic memory. Ugh. That's amazing. Yes. Uh, So one day, the engineers were out sick. All of them. None of them showed up to work. (laughs) Wow. What are the odds? (laughs) I feel like we can, like, fully dissect that uh, before we carry on. What did they have? Yes. Why did they get it and not her? Yeah. Were they? I'm not saying they were having orgies, but, like... I mean... It was, like, mono. They had, like, passed it around. They were all kissing each other. That just seems to make sense. It's the the only logical explanation. I I literally cannot think of another reason as to why... They would all no. be sick. No, I can't either. Unless so, they're like licking, they're all like licking things. They were all licking the computer that she wasn't allowed to touch. They're like, "Don't touch this; it has germs." Our <laughs> <laughs> germs, but germs. You'll get, you'll get cooties. <laughs> That's what it was. It was a severe case of the cooties. That'll get you. You gotta and, like, get the that circle. Smart circle. woman she was. Ray dot, was dot. like, uh, "I'll pass." <laughs> Smart. So all of them were out sick with a case of the cooties. Um, so she was like, you know what? Fine. I need to get my work done. So I'm going to run the computer by myself. And she got all of her work done. Her boss recognized this and was like, fine. 
I'll give you a promotion. You can touch the computer. <sighs> Whatever. Is that her official title? Computer toucher? Computer toucher. They gave her a shirt that said, finally, I'm an official computer toucher. <laughs> We're going to have to give you a cootie shot, but, you know, it's fine. She was then promoted to a computer systems analyst, and she continued to excel. Yes. Computer pun. Uh, despite the many obstacles that were ahead of her. So, one of the pivotal moments in her career was in 1971, during the Vietnam War, she was given the task of figuring out how to design a naval ship on a computer by President Richard Nixon. So, designing a naval ship was a task that normally took two years. He wanted the Navy to produce the draft design in two months. She was told she had one month to come up with the design. Sounds like any logo design project I have ever had. Uh, they also told her to, to make it pop. Oh, they of course. They, they're like, listen, it's got to be stealth. But also if you could, like, make it pop. Yeah, yeah. Just jazz right. it up a little. They're like, you see these current ships? If you could make it like that, but, like, jazz it up a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's to look sharp. We want it exactly the same, but also completely different. Yeah. We're, we're going to tell you nothing about how we want it to look, and then we're going to change everything at the last minute. We don't know what we want, but we will know exactly what we don't want, but only after we see it. Yeah. Here are some examples of things that we may or may not like. We're not going to tell you what parts <laughs> of the examples we want you to pull from, um, and none of the examples have any similarities whatsoever. Too real. Too real. <laughs> this badass cranked out the design in 18 hours and 26 minutes. Holy what? Yeah. I read somewhere that she disassembled the entire computer, rebuilt it, and cranked out this design in less than a day. Holy shit. Holy ship. Damn you and your <laughs> glorious puns. <laughs> yeah. Two years, Jeez. two months, one month, 18 hours. Uh, so this design ended up being used as a lead ship replacing World War II destroyers. And this is when everyone started to take her seriously. For she single-handedly revolutionized the way that Navy ships and submarines were designed by computers, and the Navy took notice. Uh, she worked on the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower and the Navy's first landing craft helicopter assault ship. Um, her work in computer design saved hours, days, weeks, months of time, and millions of federal tax dollars. That's insane. She was the first female program manager of ships in the history of the United States Navy. She had five field activities reporting to her and a staff of roughly 250 people. Jeez. Throughout her career, she became the program director for the Naval Sea Systems Command Integrated Design, Manufacturing, and Maintenance Program. I don't know what any of that means, but <laughs> if she was the program director of it, I'm assuming she knows her stuff. Yeah, uh, She was the division head for the computer-aided design and computer-aided manufacturing program and deputy program manager of the Navy's information systems improvement program. She also eventually earned what is the civilian equivalent rank of captain. Jeez. 
after being told essentially her whole life that she would not be an engineer. Yep. It's Don't even touch a computer. Bonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, at least you don't have cooties. Yeah. Toxic True. positivity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although I didn't even acknowledge that. <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's fine. Uh, so in 1972, uh, she was given the U.S. Navy's Meritorious Civilian Service Award, which is the third highest honorary award. Wow. In 1978, she became the first female professional engineer to receive the Society of Manufacturing Engineers Achievement Award. And in 1988, earned the National Computer Graphics Association Award for the Advancement of Computer Graphics. Um, she was inducted into the Arkansas Women's Hall of Fame in 2018. And later that year, she unfortunately passed away at the age of 83 due to heart failure in Little Rock. So she kind of flew under the radar, so to speak, for most of her life. Like, yeah. not very many people knew she existed. I mean, I didn't learn about her in school. I oh, me neither. I don't yeah. know if anyone would have. So why and how did her name just pop up? Like, why do people know about her now? Uh, it was because of the success of Margot Lee Shetterly's book turned movie, Hidden Figures. I was just going to say, this she, This is all very hidden figures. Yes, she was not one of the characters highlighted in the movie, but it definitely got people thinking of other seemingly unknown African-American females in STEM. Yeah. And more and more have come up. In, in doing my research for her, I have added at least five other STEM Jeez. women uh, that I would like to talk about at some yeah. point. But yeah. It's, I mean, so it's a short, sweet segment, but, I mean, but she designed a ship in 18 that's hours. That's insane. Like, that... Uh, <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. Do you think she came to them and she's like, okay, I did it. And they were like, <laughs> not funny, go get back to work. She's like, yeah. no, no, I... We are taking away your computer privileges. You are not allowed to touch the computer until you bring us an actual design. Or she comes in, she's like, quick, uh, just got to talk to you guys real quick. Um, I was having a weird issue with the computer. I had to take it completely apart. Um, <laughs> don't worry, I put it completely back together. Um, oh, yeah, and also, like, design that ship you needed me to design. Um, call me if you need me. I'm just going to go home and take a nap. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little tired. I've been working for 18 straight hours. <laughs> yes. So, um... Yeah. Peace. Deuces. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. So, that is Ray Montague. Um, I love her. One of these videos that I watched this morning, one of the non-feminist mentioned STEM, and was basically saying, like, well, women choose to go into more careers like teaching and men choose to go into more like STEM-related fields. And I was like, no, that's because, I mean, yes, but a lot of that's because we were told mm -hmm. and still are, not as much as we used to be, but like to a certain extent still are, that we can't do those. And those are jobs yes. for men or we're not taken seriously yeah. within those jobs. Well, and the number, like I have talked to a lot of female engineers who have said, I was one of two. I was one of yeah. four. I, you know, and you know how intimidating that is to walk into yes. a classroom with one other female and a bunch of males who are all looking at you like you've got something in your teeth. Like cooties? you're not supposed to be there. Cooties. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Jokes on them. They have cooties. Um, I also think, like, there's probably, maybe not all of them, but, like, there's potentially that sense of, like, when you get hired as a female engineer, like, did I get hired because I'm as good as I am? Or am I, like, token hire? Or even if you don't feel that you're a token hire, like, do the other men see me as a token hire? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And bringing it back to mansplaining. Yes. That happens all the time. Um, I had a suggestion from a friend to do a, uh, well, it was a, a male coworker of mine suggested that we talk about, you know, male-related fields and being a female in those fields. And I was like, uh... We already did the mansplaining episode. <laughs> I thought it. I didn't respond that way. That's but, amazing. Um, but yeah, we we should do like title it that, but then pull all of the footage from the mansplaining episode and just like put it in and see if anyone notices. Yes. <laughs> do like a mild intro. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. Just play we'll the... just replace the word mansplaining. But with, it's like. like very obviously oh yeah out and like replaced you ready for an r b g god damn it i thought i had it this you time. almost you ready for an r b g quote of the week r b g quote of the week <clears throat> feminism the end and that's the quote <laughs> rbg said feminism I think the simplest explanation, and the one that captures the idea, is a song that Marlo Thomas sang. Free to be you and me. Free to be, if you were a girl, a doctor, lawyer, Indian chief, anything you want to be. And if you're a boy, and you like teaching, you like nursing, you like to have a doll, that's okay too. The notion that we should each be free to develop our own talents, whatever they may be, and not be held back by artificial barriers, man-made barriers, Certainly not heaven sent. Love it. As per usual. Would have been a great quote for last week. But I you know. know. What? That's we'll all right. It. That just shows that we really don't look ahead because... It, it really does. Because <laughs> I would have swapped them out. I am that type of person. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know what else... <sighs> Guys, we're struggling. We're and you really know what? struggling today. That's okay. Yes. And we're still going to get through this outro. <laughs> get ready for the longest outro you've ever heard in your life. Social media. There. What about it? We have it. Oh, we have it. Um... Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you say be podcast across all platforms. We got good stuff on there, guys. Yeah. Um, also, shoot us emails if you have stories, topic suggestions, uh, per usual, if we made a bloopsie. Um, if you have really good mansplaining stories, listen, I've been on TikTok a lot. There is a trend going around where women are sharing their best mansplain stories. Yes. And it's great. So if you have some, we would love to hear about them. Maybe we'll share some on the podcast. If, if we, you want. If we get enough, we might, we could do a mansplain mini-sode. Yes. 
Uh, if you want to share them with us but don't want us to share them on the podcast, you can do that, too. We still enjoy reading them. Mm-hmm. Um, you can reach us on social media or email us at usabpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also have a website where we share lots of links and resources and reiterate uh, very, very briefly what we said on this podcast in case, I don't know, it didn't make sense. Um, so you can visit that at usabpodcast.com. Um, yeah. So also feel free if you like what you hear to follow us on, um, podcast platforms. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. We are on everything. Um, and as long as you're on there, feel free to give us a rating and a review and show us how much you love us. Because we love yes, you. Please. We do. And show the world how much you love us, too, so we can grow this community. Yeah. Tell your friends. Yes, please. Um, the intro music is A Bitch, Bitch, Bitch by Glove Compartment, edited by yours truly. <sighs> Guys, thank you, as always, for enduring this episode with us. <laughs> Uh, message, quick message to future us. Godspeed. <laughs> hopefully you found something of value in this. Um, hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, hopefully you come back next week. And before you go, we're going to remind you. You can call us bitches if you want. But bitches get shit done. <laughs>